This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Yo, 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 welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. As always, I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! Oh, 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 that's right, DJ Spider, back in the place to be. Uh, yo, so excited to be here with you guys, and so excited to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs. If you've not been on yet, what are you doing? You're sleeping, you're slipping, get on, especially with things starting to open back up. Got so much amazing music on there, constantly being added. So much crazy stuff is going to happen in June, so look out for that. We are launching a lot of things, but in the meantime, uh, great playlists constantly being added, music and all that. So go check it, shout to BeatSource, we love you. Uh, What is going on with you guys? All the people listening, everybody hearing my voice, everybody looking at me on YouTube. What up? How are you? What's going on? Hit me up. Let me know. Send me a DM at DJ Spider on Instagram, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. And uh, if you can't find me there, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, I hope to talk to you. I personally had a crazy week. Uh, We are back, baby. I mean, kind of. We're kind of back. I'm, I'm more, more back than before. I DJed three gigs in about a week, a little more than a week, which is more than I did in a year. So it's been unbelievable. Three in-person gigs. Um, I And they were pretty dope. I was very happy with it. Um, I got to do a gig for HBO, uh, doing a drive-in theater premiere of their show Mayor of East Town, starring Kate Winslet. Um, then I got a call from my bro Travis Barker to go to Vegas with him and do an hour drum DJ set at Maria Beach Club at Mandalay Bay which I'd never been we were like on this huge stage above a pool with waves coming out people going in and out it was for the G4 weed convention so you know I had to put together a crazy intro I took clips from Cheech and Chong and I took clips from uh, Cypress Hill live at the Fillmore in San Francisco from the 90s and uh, used you know all kinds of dope I'd use this edit from Danny Diggs where he put um, uh, Justin Bieber over the loonies and you know had to do a whole weed set so much fun I mean that was amazing one of my first gigs that got canceled at the beginning of the pandemic was a gig I was supposed to do with Travis Barker for FanDuel in LA and Snoop was going to perform and we were going to do a drum DJ set so to be able to come back and do it again in Vegas for a first time back was unbelievable uh, going to Vegas was like going to another planet. Uh, the whole mask thing is way different out there. Everything's different, but it was great. Nice, great. Uh, my first trip out of California in over a year, and I had a really good time. Um, and last night, I got to do another drive-in gig at the Rose Bowl, the legendary Rose Bowl in Los Angeles uh, for Disney. They're doing a bunch of events down there at the Rose Bowl for all the things they own for shows on ABC, Disney, FX, Hulu. I'll be doing some of them. Uh, And last night I got to DJ before the showing of the finale of This Is Us. 
so people were definitely crying in their car. Uh, and then they had a live panel with the actors from the show and the creators, and it was super dope just to be around all those people. I had to get on the mic, so you know my Twitch skills uh, came into play talking to these cars. I wasn't telling them to send bits, but... Uh, you know, kind of played into what I've been going through for the past year. So, so much fun. Um, and I'm just out here, you know, I'm counting my blessings. I'm more thankful than ever for these gigs. So grateful. I can't wait for more to come. Um, and I hope all you guys are getting back into it as well. Um, I am also doing my first in-person podcast interview tomorrow. I'm not going to tell you who it's with, but... Wow, it's all coming back. I'm super excited. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with me through this whole thing. Thank you to all the Beat Sorcerers for rocking with us. We love you guys. We are building this community brick by brick, week by week. And I love doing it with you guys. I love all the feedback and everything from you. So keep keep hitting me up. Keep being part of it. I appreciate it. Now, on today's show, we have got every DJ's favorite edit maker and remixer, and DJ, one of the most prolific in the game. He's an amazing DJ with impeccable taste and an ear like no other. I am thankful to call this man a friend and an inspiration. Hailing from Vancouver, Canada, he's a two times regional Red Bull three-style champ. In 2013 and 15, he took the crown, and a two times invitee to the prestigious playlist retreat thrown by the legend himself jazzy jeff so you know you got to be a boss to be invited to that okay i haven't even been invited to that uh not complaining but uh this guy really deserves it and the people he met there unbelievable i mean he came out with this bismarcky mixtape and they used clips from when he got to talk to bismarcky there that flip out recorded and it's really dope go peep it on mixcloud um his edits have become staples in many DJs' playlists, including Questlove, Scratch Bastard, Four Color Zack, and Jazzy Jeff, uh, and probably every other dope DJ on the planet. If not, I don't know what they're thinking. We discuss his removal from Bandcamp uh, and how he has now built a very successful subscription service using Patreon, as well as Discord and Twitch, and much more. Uh, it was a pleasure catching up with him, so please welcome to the show... Nick Bike. All right, we've got the man himself, Nick Bike, in the house. Give it up, everybody. That's right. That's right. Okay, calm down. Calm down out there. We know you love him. When was the last time you heard crowd noise? <laughs> I just play this for myself when I wake up every day, so that I just feel good about myself. <laughs> Pour milk into the cereal. Yeah. Yep. Every movement. I have a button. It's like the stream uh, labs thing or whatever it's called. The stream deck. I just carry it around. And then I'm like, I like washed the, the blueberries. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You just carry staples a portable easy. one around. It's like the Chappelle show. Wrap it up, B. It's like, wrap it up. That's um, what your wife carries when you press the button too much. <laughs> Yes, that's what my so wife and like, kid have on deck at all times. They're like, stop telling the same story you've told again. Wrap it up. We've been locked in a house with you for a year. Yeah, cool it, Dad. <laughs> Shut up, Dad. Um, yes, so we've got Nick Bike on the podcast. So excited to have you here. Um, great to see you. I have not, uh, I think last time we saw each other in person was a few years ago at the Toronto Film Festival. 
Yeah. Um, up in yeah. Toronto, Canada. We met up uh, a couple times, right? We were DJing, both DJing things at Soho House and then met up in this really cool neighborhood for coffee and bagels. I feel um, like it was Kensington. Kensington. That's what it was. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, that was that was cool. That was like a great little neighborhood. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Man, yeah, so yeah, oh, me too. Oh my god. So you are up in Vancouver, right? Yes. And so yep. what? Uh, I know that. I mean, the pandemic has now become this thing that's different in different areas, and it seems like different in different areas of parts of the country like in america texas and florida and other places were way ahead of california and in canada it seemed like vancouver was doing pretty well and you were working for a while but then toronto would kind of be on full lockdown and so what's it like up where you are pandemic and dj wise yeah we kind of like went through a couple waves where you know things were open and then things closed again and now we're just like right on the brink of starting to reopen, I think, because cases have dropped quite a bit. And there's only like a couple spots in Canada, I think, think, that are still holding steady with their caseload. Um, Like I know Toronto is dipping. And so it's getting there because vaccinations are going up and um, it's just kind of a matter of time. I think their estimate... To have like 70 plus percent with a first shot was before July 1st. So we're coming pretty close to that. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, we're in the end of May now. So um, I know they just announced LA where I live June 15th. They're going to, I guess, remove the restrictions, which I don't even totally know what that means. But I guess uh, no masks in a lot of places or outside or it's it's very confusing it's like went from wear your mask it's insane to like all of a sudden like oh you know what we're good take it off and (laughs) it just feels so yeah yeah i mean i guess we'll we'll figure it out but yeah i think there's still certain situations where i'm definitely still gonna rock the mask and just because like um certain scenarios made me realize like you know this really makes sense like (laughs) where i am or like what what what's happening around me like it, it's kind of gross like even just like <laughs> yes. walking downtown and like like a um uh, it was probably like 6 months ago or so like or it was like last summer i was walking around downtown and it was like kind of smoggy or whatever and i was like man like it stinks like i yeah. i should have wore my mask <laughs> i know i know i went the scenarios like that yeah exactly like i've noticed sometimes it's kind of nice wearing it and just not getting sick like other kinds of sick like having a cold or allergies or like all kinds of stuff like that Mm -hmm. i haven't been sick since last february or whatever like it's been over a year right which also kind of shows the people that don't want to wear masks like it definitely does something so you know like it's it's not like this fake thing the mask i mean it's actually protecting you but yeah things are crazy here like i had my first gig out of California on Friday night and 
Um, it was nuts. I was in Las Vegas and it was a completely different vibe. Like I checked into the hotel and I was like, do I have to wear my mask? And they're like, no, uh, it's the honor system out here in Las Vegas. So, um, we're gonna, if you're vaccinated, you don't wear the mask. And if you are not, you do. And I'm like, the honor system. I'm like, isn't this the same city where like, you've got a camera filming everybody for everything and people with guns guarding locked things everywhere. (laughs) Like, I don't think there's that much trust and honor going on out here, but hey, it's, let's uh, let's go with it. It's weird to like go with that kind of system when we've already <laughs> seen that the people who don't care about that won't wear it. Exactly. <laughs> They've already shown that. That's what was happening for the most part. I mean, I will give credit. There's some people that probably are abiding by the rules, and I'm not going to generalize everyone. But yeah. I know, exactly. I even had a conversation with a couple of people like that because they were like, thank God we don't have to wear the mask, but we're not vaccinated, you know? And I'm like, exactly. so you're doing exactly what I thought, yeah. you know? And, um, and, and like you said, I thought uh, I was going through the casino and it smelled like smoke. Everybody can sm- smoke cigarettes. And I'm like, I'm putting my mask back on, even if I'm safe yeah. from the vaccination. It's kind of nice uh, yeah, eliminating like the that. smoke. Yeah. So, but it was weird. Like I, I wasn't wearing it and I get in the elevator and it's like a packed full elevator. No one's wearing the mask. <laughs> I'm like, this is like back in the day, 2019 life. <laughs> Remember when we used to stand close in an elevator? Oh my God. So Yeah, man, there's, there's a few things that like you kind of look back on and be like, wow, we really did that. Like that actually is kind of gross. I know, but people didn't seem to care. I will say the vibe was people are ready to party, ready to be back out there, ready to rip the mask off. And as long as the science works and the vaccine, then let's go. I guess I'm... I'm ready to go. Um, But but it's definitely interesting. Like, I feel like I was saying earlier to you, like, I have like how when people break their arm and they can't use it for six months and they get atrophy in their muscles. Like, I have that in my brain of like social, how to act, where, what to do, how to shake people's hands. And it's just a whole thing to get used to. Um, but yeah. on the other hand, it was nice. It was nice walking around, seeing DJs and lounges and people dancing. And as long as it's safe, uh, I, I'm feeling good yeah. about the roaring 20s coming up. Yes, it's about time. <laughs> yes. Everybody had all this hype for 2020. Be like, it's going to be a special year. <laughs> right. Very special. <laughs> it was very special. The, all right. Yeah. The first two and a half months were actually pretty damn good. Like, I was like, this is a great year yeah. so far. And then mid March hit, and they were like, we're going to pause for about two weeks. And I was like, okay, two weeks. Uh, we can handle that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wait. <laughs> It's May 2021. I felt, I felt the exact same way. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah I could probably use a, a couple of weeks off here. Right. Oh, <laughs> my God. Well, I guess, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things happened in the pandemic in your life, um, personally, professionally, musically, all that stuff, all from becoming a new dad, which is insanely exciting. Yes. Um, congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, um, man. Yeah. Six weeks today. Six weeks? Oh my god! So you're right? exhausted. You're are you sipping on coffee or yerba mate or something? <laughs> I mean, I've got. I just finished an iced coffee and I've got a a French press loaded up here for this one. Okay, but it hasn't go. been that bad. I I can't. I really can't complain. I think we've got quite lucky and we're getting 
decent sleep each night. So nice. I can't. Well, you're only six complain. weeks though. Just wait. <laughs> uh, but no, that's great, man. That's so exciting. And uh, that's, you know, my kid's eight now. So it's, it's yeah, the greatest thing on earth. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, they grow up quick. Like we were, he's like using slang words and we went out to sushi <laughs> last night, which is crazy that we can even go out, but you know, he knows what he likes, what he doesn't like. And this girl was across and he's like, she's acting sus. I was like, how do you know sus? Like what? <laughs> and like, and he's like, bruh. I'm like, you just said bruh and sus. This is what's happening now. <laughs> I'm officially like old. And you're officially old. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. We have so much fun. But um, yeah, awesome, that. Man. And then, you know, you've done, I mean, the amount of music and edits and things that you have produced and come out with um, over the pandemic time alone is mind blowing and inspirational. Um, I know, oh, thank you, you know, man. you're every DJ's favorite producer, remixer, editor, <laughs> you know, DJ, like, Everyone loves your stuff. Um, I feel like you've got just impeccable taste. Um, everything you choose to do is just great. And like you'll, you're not just in one type of thing. Like you'll make edits of everything and anything from the most big room. I have edits from you from big room club stuff I play in Vegas to the most cool, funky stuff I'll play at small private events um, and all over the place. So I just love how open minded you are with your music and how you just find something good within all the genres well, thanks man it, it also helped when i was doing it full time that i had you know a, a broad variety of gigs every week so right um that's what that was really contributing to it like i was i would play like the big edm room like once or twice a month so having stuff for that and then you know the regular kind of medium small a uh, room like pop rap type rooms and then also playing like you know loungy stuff where it's like funk soul disco not crazy heavy club right. type stuff yeah yeah totally what what were the what were your gigs before everything got shut down like what were your steady gigs and then like you said i think you were i mean i saw you online broadcasting on twitch from live gigs during the pandemic as well yeah, so the the one I was doing consistently through the pandemic was uh, a lounge gig at the spot called Diamond, and oh, cool. uh, it, I've had it for probably like five or six years now. It, it's just like a small cocktail spot uh, upstairs, and we play forty fives and kind of just like do our own thing. And it's it was very easy for me to just bring uh, an old iPhone and prop it up in the corner and just turn on Twitch and just monitor it on my on my other phone. So. Like, right. why not, right? Yeah, totally. Um, um, and and what were the ones you were doing, like, before? Like you said, you... Because I know you were pretty much working almost every night um, before the pandemic hit, right? Yeah, I was doing five spots a week uh, regularly and then kind of whatever else popped up. Um, so I was doing Motown on Mondays. Um, and then Tuesdays, I was usually at, at the Diamond doing the 45 thing. And nice. Thursday, I had a 45 thing with Flip Out. And then Friday, I would do. Uh, it was like a, like a small pub, like young kid top forty type thing. And then nice. Saturday was Saturday was kind of like a small supper club, uh, like 
kind of maybe somewhat bottle service-y type thing. Was that Yeah, mon- so Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're always on the go for sure. And then just kind of like filling gaps in between or like whether traveling or anything like that. So, Right. That's great. I mean, you were working yeah. steady and doing so many different types of things. Um, yeah, and shout- no, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, not like not being in one sound lane helps keep it interesting. So totally, you know, I could feel that like if I, you know, if you're playing the same bar three, four nights a week, I feel like that could get really, uh, make it more seem like a job, which is not why I keep doing this. (laughs) It never (laughs) feels like a job. Right. Well, that's good. I mean, that's that's the goal, right? Is so it doesn't yeah. feel like a grind. It doesn't feel like a job, and you don't feel like you're beholden to. Okay, well, I got to do this for the money, um, even though that's a part of it. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. that's the struggle of a DJ, right? Is just trying to do something you love, make make your mark, but make your way in that, um, but also be able to make a business out of it, and especially as you grow a family, be able to support your family and do stuff like that. Yeah, man, those real factors come in. <laughs> yes, it's the easy, real factors bit, do come in. <laughs> a little less stressful when it's just you and you've only got your needs to make, make and then, uh, yeah, you know, once there's other human lives <laughs> coming in. <laughs> totally, totally. Is And so, but but you seem pretty good, like, at treating your dj life as a business um but as a fun business like you said where you don't feel like you're working um but you you've always you know been very consistent with your output um as well as somewhat ahead of the game with using the um different types of technology whether it's just the standard email list you've always had a great email list to being on bandcamp which turned from band camp to band camp <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and then Patreon and all that stuff. Um, how do you like approach, how do you approach those things? Like how, um, I guess we can talk about your Patreon. Like that came out of a necessity because of being, you got pulled off of band camp, right? Yeah. Yeah. That and was so, yeah, so that unfortunately you'd put so much work into that and had thousands of people probably, you know, buying your stuff and following you on there. Um but has that been better? Do you like Patreon? Have you learned anything from doing that? Yeah, I th- think I definitely like it better overall. Um mostly because now it's kind of like narrowed the scope of like who's really into it. Right. Whereas like Bandcamp, you can kind of just like one stop, pick and grab, and then you're out of there. But true with yeah. Patreon, with it being kind of with it being a a subscription, um, you can really see who's like dialed into it, who cares, um, and who's yeah, who's into it. Um, with the pandemic, like DJ's not working as much. Uh, I didn't expect it to be uh, like that great because you know right you're not DJing why do you need to keep up on DJ tools and remixes and that kind of thing yeah but um you know I guess with Twitch going and some people were still doing lounge gigs and stuff like um it was I was very surprised at the reaction for it so 
That's and great. That, right before right before Bandcamp closed on me, um, I had started the subscription service on Bandcamp. Um, oh, okay. But I was only like, I don't even know if I was a week into it, and then it, it folded. Crazy. So I didn't really get to experiment with that, see how it would be. But um, that was the intention as well when I had started to be like, okay, who's really into this? And it was also kind of like creating uh, a bit of a community type thing around it, um, which is where Discord has really been awesome. Yeah. Because uh, it just so happens that Patreon and Discord have like a native connectivity so they they um connect uh quite easily and whoever's like a subscriber on patreon can see certain uh channels that i've created in discord so you know it, it kind of brings back my nostalgia for message boards right uh so that that's been cool um and i think it'll get better uh once like I, I've noticed a little bit of decline, but I think when DJs start having more downtime and like travel and stuff, like airport time when they're just like on their laptop or something, I think things like that might pop back up again. Because you know, people like DJs will just like surf Twitter, or surf Instagram, or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I feel like it's going to come back up and Discord. I noticed also we've had a couple of Facebook groups we've migrated to Discord. Oh, nice. Just because, like, because, you know, Facebook's kind of a wasteland right now. And, <laughs> um, and it's just kind of nice to have, you know, have, like, we had a, I think you're, are you in the, the one DJ group we have on Discord? Yeah. 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 Uh, Adam, Adam W added me in there. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. So that was on Facebook. We had that for like five or six years. And then, I think we collectively agreed that like, you know, let's get the hell out of here. Let's go to a place that doesn't suck. <laughs> right. I mean, it sucks because Facebook has all the great things and there is, it has, like you said, it went for five or six years and there's great stuff about it, but they're just, I don't know. There's other crazy things on there that taints it or drama or yeah. weird, mad people. No, totally. <laughs> and I just, I've always liked, you know, the layout of, the message board where you have like sections and um, you can keep things a little bit more organized. So, right. And discord lends itself like that. And also sort of like group chat in a way, you know, it, it yeah. feels like you're together um, and it goes hand in hand. Like you said, with Twitch, the subscribers, they can see different areas, Patreon totally. and all that stuff. So it kind of was a perfect time for all of that to come together for you and for the DJs. Um, yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure the up and down thing happens. Like I, I think even when the pandemic happened, I noticed, yeah, the podcast wouldn't have as many listeners for the first month. Everybody was getting used to being in their house and figuring out their new routines and they weren't driving around. And then now as things start to open back up, I'm sure things will change and then settle and, and go into a new way. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's just kind of getting out of that you know, temporary funk or whatever it is that people are going through. And right. But you have a good, um, good community and good like subscriber base on Patreon now. Yeah. It's pretty solid and it's, you know, right now it's paying rent and, and, uh, great. 
and it, and which is great because you know wifey's on maternity leave and <laughs> and that that was that was one thing I was thinking about when uh, I mentioned this to Bastard the other day how like it's like the the timing of us having a kid and then me not being out five nights a week or on the road or something it's like the craziest timing yep and it's super unique because there is i couldn't i can't think of another scenario where i'm just not working like i don't know where i would just be like mm, i'm gonna take you know eight weeks off right fuck it <laughs> totally I mean, which in a way should be normal. Like, I mean, guys should be able to have paternity leave, you know, and be there with their kid while they're in their very beginning time. You'll never have back ever, you know, um, but it's not a normalized thing. Totally. For sure. But then I'm also in a situation where I'm still able to bring in an income and not yeah. worry about it. And I'm right. also in a point where I don't have to worry about uh, someone taking my job because they're doing a better than me right now while I'm away kind of thing. That's true too. I know there is something um, about DJing where you're auditioning every single time, no matter what, you know, like even if the people know you or it's your main place, like it's, there's constantly someone trying to take your spot or something could happen where, okay, that mm -hmm. was it. You just messed up and you're not coming back. Yeah. So it, it's been really great to be around home and, and being able to help out and just being there watching my daughter grow up from like brand new to now we're at six weeks and I haven't really missed any of it, which is awesome. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know some families probably can't say the same. So I feel very lucky that like just the weird, how this timeline is kind of lined up. It's like kind of perfect. It is in a weird way in a weird way. <laughs> yeah no totally and i think i think it's good to be present enough and have like the mindset that you can appreciate it because some people might just be stressed out and like you know taking things for granted but like it's good to really acknowledge um what's happening because like you said you won't get this time back and same i i've been able to spend over a year with my son and watch him grow up so much more than i used to and i used to be gone even last night at dinner he said to me you used to leave every week and be gone all the time you know and i'm like i know and i probably will be again you know soon but uh thankfully i i got this time and i was able to be there with him and watch him grow up too and and be at every soccer game and all that stuff. So I want to yeah. work again, but, but yeah, I, I think that's cool. And, um, and that's inspirational, the Patreon thing that, it, that it can pay your bills like that. And it shows that if you really just find something, you know, and put your time into it and, and grind on it, you know, it can pay off because I mean, you truly, you've always put out endless edits, even when you were just doing those email, uh, blasts and, that was just, mm -hmm. you weren't charging anybody or anything. You were just sending out emails at that point, right? Mm -hmm. And then you turned it into this and like, you know, somewhat of a business. Um, and then it can, it also can prop up and go hand in hand with all your other stuff. And then eventually probably get you more gigs once you are back on the road, if you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that, yeah, that's totally part of the plan. And, um, yeah, it's kind of just like the same way people have found their 
voice and vision on Twitch during this whole thing. Like, yeah, like I don't, I don't know anyone's like hard numbers, but like there's a few people I look at that are like, damn, like these people are probably killing it. And there's a few right. I dare say are like maybe doing better than I know when they were DJing in real life. I'm just like, okay, okay. Right. And it's like you said, like they've built their own nightclub, you know, they're not coming into the club yeah. like, okay, let's see how this guy does. Let's see how this girl, you know, handles this room. Like they're like, no, this is my house. I've built my world, yeah. you know, and all the people that want to be a part of it and support me can. Um, yeah. And so I think that can, that's a lesson to all of us going forward, even when we're not stuck in the pandemic, that that's possible. Yeah. Like you just find your lane and then go crush it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I tried exactly. to do Twitch like as consistent as I could. Um, I just kind of like, obviously, you know, having a kid changes a lot of things, but also yeah. just like doing the Ableton stuff instead, like that's where I kind of have found my lane a little bit more. So, you know, why not put a few more eggs in that basket instead of Twitch? So, yeah, I think so. I mean, and, and Twitch is great, but also they take half your income, <laughs> um, which you could yeah. do without them, but at least on the other platforms, you maybe have a little more flexibility with setting your rates and deciding how much yeah. you'll get out. And of also it. like, like, DJing for like, you know, three, four, five, six hours, like that's a lot of time. Yeah. And like, I feel like, you know, with most of the successful Twitch people, we see like they're consistent and, um, you know, they have their usual times for the most part. And, and that, you know, that's, it's a full-time job if you're going to kill it no matter what right. you're doing. So if you're if you're trying to do that kind of level of you know I'm gonna pay my rent off Twitch or whatever it is you're doing, um, same goes with DJing. But you know you got to be able to put in that time, and you can only stretch yourself in so many directions, um, especially in a pandemic when you don't have as good flexibility for job options. So I think that was important right. for me to just like stick in the you know mostly the one lane that I knew I was doing good at so yeah no that that totally makes sense um and so like and how do you approach your edits or like what you want to make you know for the things now and even in the past like what was your thought process when you're like okay i'm gonna make this many edits or these type of edits <laughs> or do you space them out um do you, is there any rhyme or reason to it uh, I mean, pre-pandemic, I always would be making a crate of like ideas and stuff or like as I'm playing and be like, oh, I think I could, you know, do something with this or uh, I need to change some things in this or, but during the pandemic, it was kind of just like a lot of it is just what I've got stuck in my head or, you know, sometimes when I've got something stuck in my head, like I'll be like, oh, that kind of sounds like this or like this could, you know, be a rearrange like this or whatever. Right, a bunch of different reasons that popped up then. Yeah, that pandemic makes sense. Versus like when I'm actually actively, you know, playing things out and stuff. Yeah, totally. And then what about staying consistent? Like, how do you stay so consistent with it? Well, the so that's the flip side about being on Bandcamp versus Patreon, like a subscriber thing. Like, 
if people are going to be with you on a monthly basis, then you've got to kind of keep up your end of the deal. Right. Um, so I've set um, like baselines for me and where I need to be. And um, I mean, we're coming up on June. I guess like July will probably be a year. So I've just kind wow. of like, I've been able to just kind of treat it like a, you know, it, it's my job and it's at home. And yeah. so you just, you just kind of, you know, put the same way I, you know, you treat prepping for DJ sets or whatever, you know, you put aside time each day to work on that kind of stuff and then, um, you know, hope it works. <laughs> yeah. And so totally. far so good. That's great. Um, and like, um, and so as far as um, that, you know, the, the edits, like that's what you work on. And then I know you do a lot of production too and remixes and you work with Adam W a lot. You guys have a really dope remix that you just came out with officially. It's on BeatSource and on everything, right? Spotify for uh, small town DJs featuring Bootsy Collins, new track. Yes. Um, what's yeah, it called man. again? That was so fun. Good thing. Yeah, I got that good thing. Um, so dope. Like the the original track was dope. I used it on a mix, the small town DJs one. And then when I heard your remix, uh, your guys remix, I was like, oh, my God, you killed it because you just channeled that kind of G funk parliament funkadelic like, I don't know, like this whole thing. But it just went perfectly with it. When Pete from small town asked me about it, uh, I like kind of knew right away that was like what i wanted to do with it and then i hit up adam because adam's much much better at uh writing music than i am oh, so that's okay. why i usually bring him on um i'm a little bit better at like the ableton stuff like okay. the like um like mixing and sound design and that kind of thing but adam can write so he he's a big help on that end and um, and the, the other part of, of, uh, when, I mean, most of the stuff we do is remote, but it just, I was thinking about it the other day again, like, like, wow, like we made a song and he's like over in, he's over in Quebec and, uh, like I'm out here in Vancouver. It's just like, it's so crazy that you can make a full song, uh, with someone and like not even be in the same room. We crazy. were checking out this new app called, uh, pedal. Yeah, where you, I don't know if you've tried it yet, but basically we can kind of FaceTime and audio the same way we're doing it like this. And but the the extra feature from it is that he could like he could record like if he had he was he was playing a bass line on a guitar, he can record into the app, and I can grab it from the app and drag it into Ableton. That's which was crazy. Kind of crazy, right? So that's wow. so we, we were using something like that, and. But yeah, over, like the the project itself was super super fun. That's dope. Yeah, the song is super super fun. Like it's just like a great. I mean, you guys killed it. Um, it's so good. So everyone, go check that out. Um, like I said, it's on Beat Source, on Spotify, it's on everything, right? I mean, it's official, an official real remix. Fools gold. <laughs> Fools gold. <laughs> Shout to A Track. <laughs> Um, yes. Well, that's dope. Um, and I know, you know, you seem to do a lot of stuff with Adam W. 
Um, so now I understand the songwriting technical combination yeah. that you guys are the dynamic duo in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he's also works. a great Twitch friend. Uh, I see him in all the yeah. chat rooms. He's very, very good at yeah, handling he ha Twitch duties. He hasn't, he hasn't DJed too much during pandemic, but he's an amazing DJ. He was he was a Canadian three style champ in 2013. And oh, amazing! Like, and he's got like he's got that musical ear, so he knows what goes with what, and he he's a bit of a music encyclopedia from oh he seems like eras it. yeah yeah so just seeing him like yeah in the in the message board thing he'll like be posting you know he's he knows everything <laughs> he has like yeah. so much crazy his taste is all over the place great <clears throat> no fantastic um, yeah that's so cool well um yeah i love that and then you know you've had so many other you know i some of your edits are like i can't even hear the songs the same anymore like of, of course i'm sure you've talked about it on other podcasts and different things but the childish gambino one um i mean i can't when i listen to the original song now it sounds so slow and weird <laughs> i'm like what is this this yeah even yeah. though it's the original but you're edit is now the main one for me you know it's what i play at everything and it's just so good it changed the whole vibe of it well that was uh i have to thank you for playing that at a bunch of places that you you know you t you took you would text me that like you know oh uh shit who's who's the guy that produced it and he was like there in front of you oh oh yeah uh, Lud uh, ludwig uh yeah Gorenson. I forgot mm -hmm. about that actually. <laughs> You're right. And there was I know and I, I'm, I played it for record label people, anyone I could find. I was like, you gotta check this out. It's so good. And it was I don't remember exactly how it came about, but it was so I'm pretty sure it was connected to you that Atlantic got in touch with me, like whether you were playing at a gig or something. Um I think you had even told me that it was like an Atlantic Records, like executive thing or whatever whatever it was actually the first guest on this podcast ever was miles beard and that's who i played it for and that's who hit you up <laughs> so oh it's all, okay all coming together that makes sense then yeah because yes. i think i remember he was cc'd in it yeah um so yeah and they had reached out to me a couple times about a couple new charlie puth things that were out or coming out and right um, they were they were just like uh spec remix stuff and that was the first time I had done that uh, for a, a label. So it was very new to me. And, um, you know, maybe now that I've figured it out in my head more, i be like, oh, like maybe I should have shaped things like this. And I saw like the releases that actually came out on the remix packs after. I'd be like, okay, maybe that's what they were looking for. Um, yeah. I think it's one of those like, don't take it personal. Like it's, it's a who knows what they're looking for you know what i mean there could be politics involved or who knows what went into the decision making um nothing against yeah. i think i even heard what you did and it was super dope um but i think that's what they do in that spec world i've done so many things like that too like you want to give it a shot and i do it and then either never hear back or they don't like it and i hear the other ones i'm like yeah. what could i have done differently um yeah i mean that's that's music and djing as a whole yeah but I mean, like I learned a shit ton from it and still 
think about like the notes that uh that uh certain notes that they gave me like what they're looking for and stuff and i still kind of carry that with me in the back of my head when i'm doing certain things in ableton so um nice it would be nice to do more stuff like that but you know obviously who knows when that's going to come around and you know who knows what what a and r's and all that are looking for so right exactly um i know actually i just got hit up to try to help find people to remix this other track so i'll after this i'll i'll uh if you want to try it um sometimes i never know with the spec thing like if it's annoying to ask producers okay you want to do this for free you know what i mean obviously you're working on your patreon or a million other things but yeah um uh yeah i sometimes people hit me to try to help find people so if you want to do that i will definitely uh, after Let this, I'll send send you the stems of this one track, and uh, <laughs> if they like it, you can get paid. Um, okay, let's do it. Um, but yeah, exactly. And those things are cool too because you can learn from it. You know, like even when I have a gig where I have to do things out of my element, or they don't like something, or I get feedback, I feel like I get something out of it. Like you said, I carry it with me in my totally. head. Like okay, I learned from that, and every single thing is just adding on to your experience or your 10,000 hours or, you know, all the time you're going to put into all this. Yeah. Like I feel like when I was doing it, they're looking for something that was, um, like very like mainstream radio friendly, especially right. in arrangement. And I, yeah. I wasn't really used to, you know, I'm, I was used to making stuff that's DJ friendly in a certain kind of way and not something that's appealing on the radio type of arrangement. So that was something I had had to like really wrap my head around. Cause I don't, right. I don't, I don't think as much as a listener anymore, as much as like, you know, in an editor or a remixer or a, a DJ like that. I haven't really thought much as a listener in a long time. So, um, right. But, uh, doing those, those types of things help me kind of, make me think about it more when I'm doing stuff now. So, uh, good experiences, even if, you know, the, the end result isn't ideal. Yeah, totally. Um, you learn from it and, and we all think of things in that DJ perspective. So it's hard to get, like you said, into the listener perspective and then A and R's and label people have their own idea of what it should be like and, um, their own tastes and stuff like that. So makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's just like one of those, it's even with producing music, you see people put things out. They just have to keep putting things out until certain things hit and become their big, yeah. their big song. You just never know. You never know what, what someone's going to just be like, Oh yeah, I love that. I love that. And everybody else loves it too. Like, like the Redbone thing. Like the only yeah. reason I made that edit is because people were asking me to play the original at like midnight. I was like, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> right. Like I'm, I'm going to clear the floor except for like you four exactly so so that was the only reason i did it and it only took me like an hour or two at i think i did it like two or three a.m and then just closed my laptop and the next morning it was like kind of all over the place so you like you just don't know what people are really gonna like or really not like right kind of at the end day like in my head i'm like if you don't like it like i don't care like it, i made it because yeah. it was useful for me in a dj set right but how funny is that? It's usually the ones that are like the quickest that you don't think about. You're like, I didn't work for four months on this. You're like, yeah. I did it in three hours. I went to sleep and boom, it became my biggest edit. Everybody's passing around. 
Yeah. Well, you hear about with like like legendary bands and stuff. Like I yeah. think I've heard of a couple times from like Fleetwood Mac or, you know, we wrote this song in 10 minutes or 20 minutes or, and it became like a huge hit or. Exactly. Or, is, or the other one I always think of that I, um, I heard, uh, I think I was listening to Questlove and he reminded me, like I thought of it again, how like, uh, do you, you know, the, his track was dog, a donut, like a B boy type beat. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's very like a weird song for him. And right. like, it's, it's a record he didn't care about and made in like a very short amount of time. And it ended up being like a classic for him. It's like, it's weird how those things work where like, in, some artists don't care about certain songs that blow up on them. <laughs> I know. I know. That sucks if you hate the song. Like I heard like Kiss hates like their biggest song and that like makes them get in huge <laughs> fights. And like, You know, it was like that disco song and they hated disco. And it's like, uh, uh, you know, then you have to go perform it around the world. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess could could be worse. If you, <laughs> but It could be worse. <laughs> you're making millions of dollars off yeah. a, a song so like um, like for first class world problems yeah exactly super <laughs> first class <laughs> um well speaking of quest love and people like that i know you've got a pretty amazing relationship with jazzy jeff quest love biz Marquee, um to name a few of amazing legends in our world um like how did you you know meet them and how did your relationship develop was it through playlist retreat um or or something before that so um when i think about like tracing steps on that kind of thing it all kind of stems back to scratch bastard who Uh. he's always kind of been like since since like maybe like seven or eight years he would just kind of like I would give him edits and stuff all the time. And right. um, there was this one instance where he was playing. I think he was playing in LA for like, maybe it was like Russell Peter's birthday or something, or he was at the party, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff was there as well. And he played something that I'd given him. And Jeff was like, oh, like, what's that? What's that? I need that. So he, <laughs> he gave Jeff some stuff. And then Jeff played a few things in like some do-over recordings. And then um, I tried to keep getting Jeff some stuff over time. And right. then the, the relationship just kind of kept going uh, like a little bit more and more here and there. And then, uh, 2018, um, well, I, yeah. So I'd met him a couple times in between and then 2018, he reached out to me as like, Hey, like you want to come to the retreat this year? I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's Amazing. do it. So dope. Um, so I met a lot of people more through the retreat and, uh, and then biz was there. Uh, 2019. So I met right. him. Uh, actually, no, I didn't meet him there. I met him at a uh, Bastard, uh, his barbecue in Vancouver. He had Biz as a headliner, so that was the first uh, time I met Biz. And then I saw him again at the playlist the uh, year after. Um, so that's 
Paul like facilitating another connection kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then through Jeff, I met Questlove because he was there both years. He like popped in and out just like doing drumming and, and stuff. He just kind of like stays in the studio kind of thing. Right. Um, but I gave him the, it was, I can't, I think it was 2018 or no, maybe actually 2019. I gave him like a hard drive of stuff of mine and, and, uh, yeah, then, then on his, uh, one of his IG lives, like when he first started doing them during the pandemic, a, cu- a couple people told me that like, Hey, like, I think he was playing a couple of your things here. So I was like scoping through some of the clips and then, um, it's like, yeah, sure enough. Like he was playing a couple of things. So I posted them and then he DM me, uh, being like, Hey, like, send me more, send me more, send me more. And then I started watching him on Twitch when he was, and then on Twitch, he, he kind of does the screen live screen cap of his Serato screen. Right. So I can see everything's playing. And then like some set, some sets I'm seeing like, Oh, okay. He's playing like, like five, like sometimes maybe 10 things in like a, if he's not like in a, a, a very like sound specific lane, like if he's doing like a party set, he'll play more those kind of things. Um, and same with, with Jeff when he's, when he does like his, uh, like he has like the lunch break thing or like the Saturday stuff. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes when he's in like a certain sound lane, he'll run through like five or 10 things and just like, Oh, okay. Um, and you know, a lot, a lot of people are tuned in, so they hear stuff and, and, um, yeah. Yeah. It's good. Uh, Good advertisement, <laughs> good cosign. The best kind of cosign. Unfortunately, I haven't, you know, we haven't talked to Biz in a long time. And I hope he's doing okay. But I know um, he he was uh, quite the personality. I'm sure. I mean, you put out that mixtape uh, late last year, um, like the the all Biz mixtape, and you had clips recorded from him talking live and all kinds of stuff interconnect you know uh cut into there right yeah part of that was from the playlist that i i got uh some stuff off flip out because he there was like a two-hour section at playlist where biz just kind of broke down into story time mode That's he was dope. telling all the stuff and amazing and flip out was right there he just like was recording it so i was like hey can i grab like a couple things off of that <laughs> and you use that in the mix use parts of it yeah just like that's random so cool. random story things. <laughs> I know. That's what I notice with your edits too, is you'll send out these packs and there's so much good stuff that I have to try to hold myself back from playing too many of them in a row. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> DJing and I'm like, oh yeah, this one was dope. Oh yeah, oh, this is dope. Okay, wait, I got to chill. Like I'm doing all Nick bike <laughs> edit set at this point. <laughs> so I can relate. Uh, yeah. On that note, uh there's been a few times thinking about my Serato library during the pandemic where it's just been like, like I'm doing all this stuff for the Patreon and, and whatnot that like, yeah, my lab library is a disaster. Like it's oh my God, mine it's, too. It's a whole bunch, like a slew of, of like edits and remixes and stuff. But then there's like, like things that aren't useful in a DJ set. Like I'll have like random stems in there that I've just like been scoping to like try and like <laughs> cue things that I'll reference. Right. Like things like that. And they're, they're everywhere. And 
like I've I've told cut corners a couple times like I, th- I think I just need like a library version of Serato where like I can True. treat it like an iTunes and then I can have my DJ library because that's true always trying so hard to like reduce the number of files in Serato but it's just like it just keeps going up it keeps going I think I'm I like know. I know yeah, you 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 add on like I'll like be doing good, and then you send out a, a pack, and I'm like, oh god, here we go, thirty more tracks, <laughs> and they're all good. I can't cut them out. So I know that would be great though if they honestly just had DJ mode, library mode, and you just click a button, and you're like, okay, I'm going to DJ mode, and it cuts out ninety percent of the music that you've been going through and just has the right. stuff you use or you decide to have in DJ mode and then you click back to library mode and has all your stuff in the same way we used to organize with iTunes. It's a great idea. I don't know if it'll happen, but that would help me. <laughs> That's the one Serato is so responsive to everything and they're so great and they're so helpful and I love them so much. They I, I mean, I know they're working on it and I give them credit and I'm sure it's coming soon and shout to cut corners and everybody involved. Yeah. But man, they, they don't update the library. Every time a new thing comes out, even yeah. last night, they're like, new Serato. I'm like, please, God, let me search playlists. Like, I just want to oh, be yeah. able to search my playlist. That would change yeah. my life. Like, I'm doing a gig tonight and I have to find, I'm trying to find these certain kinds of playlists that I've done for other things and I can't find them. So I'm just remaking yeah. everything from scratch. It's taken five, 10 hours out of my life when I could have just searched and found these playlists in one second yeah. if I could just type in. So Serato, I love you, but please, like yeah. I wish there was a way they could update the damn library mm-hmm. and have you just, there's so many things that th- they could do to help us, you know, and then to have know, that right? DJ mode too, and not have to use iTunes or not have to just kind of go, I'm going to make a million subfolders and hide them away, but then you lose them. It's, it's yeah. definitely a nightmare for organization. So I'm, what I'm getting is that you're not very organized in your <laughs> Serato. No. You have no tips have, for like, everybody out there. I have no, but my best, my best <laughs> tip is to like learn how to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> but that being Learn said, I know, <laughs> I know a lot of people are very, very, very organized and like, you know, I know all the power to you, yes. but I'm just like, I'm at right now. I have like my core crates of like, you know, this is like my main like party crates. Like I'll have, I have some specific genre ones and then everything else, like the rest of the 80 or 90% is like gig specific, mix specific, um, you know, played that one wedding. That's that great. Right. But there's yes. still good stuff in there that I want to reference because it, it fits like a certain vibe in my head that I can re- go back to. So I don't exactly. want to delete it, but I've yeah. got like a hundred of those. <laughs> so do i i know like even the gig i'm doing tonight it's very specific but i know it could go with i did another gig actually at toronto film festival the one that i met you i one of the gigs they wanted all this specific kind of music and it kind of goes with the one i'm doing tonight but i can't find it and i was trying right. for so long that i'm like <laughs> i'm better off just redoing it even though it's such a waste of time so i know and even with your stuff like i have a hard time even just catalog like um 
organizing just the Nick bike edits <laughs> because I'm like, where do I put this one? Where do I put this one? You know, like I'm so yeah, lucky man. and blessed to have them and they are great <laughs> and I will play some tonight. But yeah, it's like hard to figure out always what genre or what area to put them in and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and shit, what was the other thing I was going to say? Uh, just music organization. Uh, or playlist searching. <laughs> yeah, in a way, it's it's like uh, those charts you see on like Twitter as a meme, like like um, like normal, chaotic, normal, like yeah, and then all the all the offshoots from that. So like it's it's like a chaotic, organized, but not really, because there's still <laughs> yes. the odd time where I can't find stuff. I know. I had to figure out some hack where I just search my computer and I type the playlist name dot crate. Then I find it. Then it shows me where it is. And then I sort of have like hints on where I can dig through my playlist and <clears throat> somewhat find it. But it takes like 5, 10, 15 minutes to find a playlist. So not ideal, uh, especially after yeah. using Serato for over 15 years. <laughs> Everything's just a yeah. big pile of yeah. junk. <laughs> I, 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 uh, harped on the forums and to cut corners for play count for many, many years. Uh, in my head, it, it seemed like an easy thing to do. I and know. When we finally got it. I was like, yes, yes. I know. My only downside of with the play count is that it counts every time I preview it. So then when you preview in the, in the offline DJ mode, Right, but a, a lot of times I preview with the double mode because I want to kind of know what yeah. if it's going to go together, and yeah. then I'll also like pr like bring it up like twenty times because I'm trying to yeah. figure out what it goes with, and then it's like you've played this track twenty three times. I'm like, yeah. never played this track, so mm -hmm. it uh, that's the only downside with that. <laughs> it's yeah. not smart. Like it's it's like a very basic. <laughs> it's like a counter, but it has no yeah. um, intelligence. <laughs> to it so hopefully they get there uh serato is wonderful but hopefully that yes. part gets fixed um and, and i've heard op1 was on this show promising that they're working very hard at redoing the library so i believe him i believe it too <laughs> i believe it i have faith <laughs> one day um so um and so how did you you know you're not like i feel like you're you're from somewhat of a younger generation um, than me or Scratch Bastard or people like that. Um, but you are so knowledgeable on the music and you know so much of it. Um, where, do, where does your inspiration come from or where were your first, um, what, where was your first exposure to DJing and the types of music that you're truly passionate about? Where did that come from? Um, I think before... Uh, before I was like, you know, kind of out of DJing as a hobby mindset. Yeah. Like I was lucky to have, you know, guys like Scratch Bastard and the A-Team and, uh, oh, yeah. as like being DJs who not only, uh, you know, I got to hear often, but they, you know, they lived in Canada and they came through, uh, where I lived. I lived in a small province called Prince Edward Island for most of my uh, schooling and university years. So um, I was fortunate to open for a lot of them when they came through because there's 
PEI at that time, there weren't a lot of DJs. So if you were, you know, you were working hard and, and half decent, um, you know, you could play some gigs. Yeah. And so when, when like, like team Canada and Bastard and keys and crates would come through, I get to open for these guys. And as like a young DJ, like those are like, those were the, like the cream of the crop in Canada. So, right. Um, so I got to see them play like, you know, their that a team style of like, you know, open format DJing and, right. um, and plus like, uh, you know, mixed CDs were a thing at the time. So I had like my collection of team Canada and scratch basted mixtapes and, you know, a scratch basted mixtape kind of goes all over the place. So you get to, you know, you see, you hear like the, the sample example or, and you hear how he interprets it. And then just like, you know, obviously things like cutting and, and blends and things like that. Uh, you can't really get any better than that for, for like 101 intro to, you know, Oh my God. Quote unquote, yeah. quote unquote, real DJing. Right. So, um, it was through that stuff where I was like getting more knowledgeable about, um, sampling as a concept and, um, just DJing concepts as a whole. Cause you know, there was only so many DJs in Prince Edward Island and, uh, the internet was still there, but it, it was not obviously not what it, what, what it is today. Like, you know, I can't, I wasn't able to like posting YouTube videos of DJing was still kind of novel in a certain way. Like there was a lot of bedroom DJs posting videos of like them DJing and stuff, but right. Like, touring DJs and that kind of thing. They weren't really posting too many DJing videos. Like, Bassett was kind of the exception. He would post routines and stuff, but um, not to the extent we see now, obviously. And three style was like wasn't wasn't even really a thing, right? Yeah, and that led you to to want to um, eventually uh, compete in the Red Bull three style. Yeah, I I don't really know exactly. Uh, what like made me want to do it but i think it just kind of came naturally with like playing a bunch of different styles of music and because the fir first first kind of music i was really into for djing um was like house music which led me to disco which kind of oh, okay. i kind of figured out sampling a bit through that it was like right. like the like french house era um and then um i kind of had like a somewhat ground base for like classic hip hop, which also kind of tied into the sampling thing and learning about like funk records and jazz and that kind of thing. Right. So it kind of pulls from a whole bunch of different areas that kind of, you know, makes me where I am now. But, uh, I, I, I couldn't really pinpoint what made me want to go into three style, but it just like, it seemed like something that would help me get better as a DJ, whether, like the first time I tried to do something like that wasn't actually a three style. It was kind of like it, uh, some, a different type of uh competition. It was, it was in Halifax and, um, I had realized then that like, I was just not, I, I had my own vision of it in my head and it wasn't how it could be done to like really, really push it. 
Yeah. So there, it, it, it took some time for me to like figure out how to jam uh, a crazy party set into 15 minutes. Cause like starting out as a DJ playing house records, I was like super into like blending songs for like one or one to three minutes kind of thing. And that's not how a three style set works <laughs> right? for the most part. Like I haven't heard anyone blend a record for three minutes in a three style set. So no, um, it would have to be really good blend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, it just, I don't know. I just kind of like figured out what I needed to do and a lot of practicing and right. And like have a lot of downtime or extra time when you're in university and you're just a kid and you don't have a lot of extra cares other than school. So, yeah, totally. That's great. And then, so that led you to, you know, what you're doing here. And then what about in the future? Do you have any goals or idea of where you would want to take things? Um, maybe with your music production or your other business or, you know, any sort of vision for the future? Um, I mean, so the other part of pandemic life is, and like us having a kid, uh, yeah, we ended up buying a place about an hour out of the city. Um, we're moving in August. Oh, nice. So that's kind of changing, changing things up in terms of like, uh, regular residencies. So I probably won't have that five night a week thing again yeah. for, you know, who knows how long when. Right. I had always envisioned leaving the city at some point, but I didn't, I thought that was like 10 or 15 years away, not yeah. one year. Crazy. <laughs> but you know, you know, here we right. are. And but with the internet and the way everything's going and like you said, building these communities online, uh, it's kind of nice. I mean, it used to be a D every DJ wanted to move to LA or something, you know, or New York or Vegas or yeah. Vancouver, Toronto, you know, or something. And now it feels like, I don't know, it's, we can be satellite, you know, we can do things from different places. There's different options. There's different ways to make it um, and keep advancing. And I'm sure you could even still do production and collaborate with people like using pedal and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, um, um, I'm sure you know, uh, Eddie Mack in, in Vegas. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be doing some work with him and his crew once we get back going. So, um, great doing, doing things like that. Um, just kind of like narrow, narrowing my kind of like gig path a little bit just because yeah. like, you know, the scenario has changed and in my life so you have to kind of pick and choose your battles of all kinds like whether it's gigs or whatever takes up your time that isn't involving your family kind of thing so right um doing things like that and you know take the odd gig in vancouver kind of thing um and just keep doing you know patreon online stuff and keep that going right that's great and that's all i know right that's all i know in terms of that right now <laughs> sounds good sounds good just didn't know you know just wondering yeah if you had more plans with your production and all that but i you know i see i think you're you're a great example of someone who um i feel like trusts the process and the journey and puts your all into the present time and isn't so worried so much about the past or the future you acknowledge it but um i think you're a good example of someone that does the work and that leads to all the things and they're not so worried about thinking yeah. everything else. I think 
I think I can kind of like sum it up to like the way things have kind of channeled into this, like the last 14, 15 months is just kind of like being able to adapt to what you need to adapt to. Like, yeah, I mean, everybody has their different scenario and everything, but, um, you know, if like me being able to change my, my workflow and my, you know, I, I had like a couple ideas of what I was trying to maybe change like my career path during the pandemic. Like I, I definitely, I was in like some courses and, you know, they didn't work out the way I kind of hope they were. And, you know, I really realized I'm not a good online school learner. Like I really <laughs> want to be stuff, in a classroom. If you want to talk about it, what kind of stuff were you trying to do? I, I mean, I think everybody went through that. Like I was so many things I signed up for and master classes and different things I was exploring. We had so much time. It was crazy. Um, what were yeah. some of the things you tried out that you were like, Oh, maybe not. Well, I was, uh, so I, I went to university for, I got my business degree way back. And so I was trying to touch up on a lot of those things and, you know, go right. into like some, some like junior business analyst type things. And mm-hmm. I mean, also it doesn't help that the job market was kind of shit as well so. right yeah um so that part didn't work out and at the same time i was kind of trying to brush up on um like uh like uh web development stuff i had done some of it like previously and i was trying to like upgrade things and there was certain topics i was hitting where it's like i just i need someone right there to be like hey this is how you do it here you go right and just yeah. like reading textbooks and online like how to's just my brain doesn't always work like that sometimes it does and i get it so um but uh kind of kept this little uh like subscription thing going and it it's it's going good and i've kind of put more time into it and it's it's working good and um yeah, that's, that's I great. Guess just like, just like you know, figure out when something's not working, and like I, I want to go back to maybe one or the two of those things later on in life and get those things down, but uh, just realizing that like, okay, I need to figure w- something out right now that works. Yeah, totally. Um, that makes sense. Um, well, let me see. I wanted to ask you about just like experiences. Um, sometimes people don't have an answer for this stuff, but do you have any like DJ pet peeves, like when you're at gigs? Um, or if not, maybe want to talk about one of your most awkward gigs or when something didn't go right? Hmm. Uh, actually a good experience that I always kind of flip back to was when I was like early on DJing and I was playing at our university pub one night and I was going to play the first couple hours before, uh, the other resident. And it was still like early on in my like pop DJing years. Yeah. Starting out playing house music didn't really involve me having to worry about like listening to Katy Perry or anything like that. Or (laughs) like I I wasn't, I wasn't playing like Nelly or anything. And I was, I started out this night playing like, you know, house records. 
and like the room was like filling up and everybody was just like in the booths like they know what he was on the dance floor and the my uh manager came to me and he was like hey like can you kind of pick it up uh because it's filling up so i mean in my head that meant something different i don't remember exactly what i was thinking at at the time right. like what that meant i had to play um <laughs> i think i was playing a couple things but like overall like wasn't really changing things that much so and then the second time he you know he pulled me off and put the other guy back on and he was he, he kind of like gave it to me and he's like hey like what are you doing like what are you doing <laughs> and then it, you know in my head i was like oh okay i guess i need to change it up and then he did this thing where he's like okay go go you're gonna go dj and uh the resident's gonna help you like read the room and pick songs with you so the he the, the guy was who was the other resident he would pick a bunch of songs for me and then I would play them. And then I like, obviously as soon as I started playing other stuff, like floor filled up and it was super fun night, but I'll never forget that. Like that was like the, the clicking moment for me where it's like, okay, that's where, you know, certain styles don't work in certain rooms. And sometimes you have to, you know, swallow your taste pride and yeah, play play played for the job that you are hired for um and there's a time and place to play certain new records and new songs and and there's a time and place to not do it and you know when you're playing for 18 19 20 year olds who you know they don't give a shit about a house record that you really like you have to you have to deal with that and be prepared to you know play the right songs for the right room so Right. That was a turn that was a turning experience experience turning point for me. Totally. And I think that's I'm, DJs have to go through that stuff. You know, that's how you learn. You know, there's mm-hmm. no people like you said always have a vision of what it's going to be like or I'm going to do this or that and it it's not always like that. And and yeah, I mean, if you want to be able to DJ all different kinds of places, you do have to swallow your taste, pride or ego or whatever it is and just mm-hmm play to the crowd at that moment Uh, so that makes sense and there was there was i can't pinpoint this exact experience but it was like also early on in you know djing gigs or whatever it was some sort of like private party and there was uh still a a point in my bedroom djing life where i like to uh plan sets and that Nothing like, you know, shitty happened at the gig, but I've basically kind of like turned the key in my head that like planning sets isn't working. <laughs> right. I like to plan sets too, but I I like to have almost like planned sections with then a yeah. big thing to be able to dig from and do improv yeah. f- or whatever, you know, freestyle out of and just DJ like I want, but then yeah. go, oh, this could work or this is my routine. Um, but I yeah. agree. I used to try to plan my sets and then it wouldn't always go well. And there was a few times I got pulled too and I'd be in a huge club in Miami and I'd be like, this is going to be dope. I planned all this stuff out. And then they were like, what are you, same thing, what are you doing? This is not working. We need to do this. We need to do this put the other person on they just kind of 
play hit songs that of course you could just do and in my brain i'm yeah. like well i could have done that and it's like well maybe you should have done that but yeah you know it's a hard it's a hard balance um but yeah i totally hear what you're saying yeah having sections is is great to like especially you know whether you have it ready for like you know certain time when it's that time to you know let that fly and then you can build yeah. off that um but i like i was trying to plan like one or two hours worth and like have like a a solid set list and it doesn't work. No. I don't know if you're, unless you're playing like a, like a, a festival slot kind of thing where, you know, you're right. being booked to play you, maybe that works, but not in the working DJ world. I know. I know. And sometimes it can take the, um, energy or enthusiasm out of yourself i don't know why for me like yeah I, i'm at home planning it and i'm all hype like yes this is so dope and then when i'm doing it it feels like i'm a robot and it's planned out and it's not fun or yeah. and then when i do some thing i'm just making up i'm like this is wor- these are going together i get that magic feeling that you get of why you love yeah. djing so it's a weird the magic feeling um, the magic feeling you got when you came up with it sitting on right. your couch on yeah yeah it's weird there's like that balance that yeah. you have to strike and me and bastard have talked about this a lot and uh about like just recording live mixes now instead of like um you know planning out yeah. like a themed a themed hour mix with like you know multi-track mixtape and that kind of thing yeah and i don't know it's just like it's a different era now like you know people aren't pressing cds or you know how do you like just getting someone to listen to a mix now is like i don't know the formula for it like i used to print cds and hand them out and people took them because people listen to cds and you know now there's just like there's even more ways to um listen to a dj and you know there's like how many djs are there that are putting out mixes (laughs) <laughs> so i know i know well that's been the good thing so, about twitch i mean i see bastard do these live mixes and put them out and they're insanely dope and i see you do it yeah. you you do house of bike every week or you were for a while right where you would record yourself and then put it onto Mixcloud. but that's the thing about um i don't know maybe also like like paul's really good at that like he's really good yeah. at doing it in one take so oh that my obviously God. helps. I'm like, how is um, he doing this? Like, I'll watch him. Like, this yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And like, like watching Paul every time is like watching, you know, a polished mixtape pretty much. So <laughs> I know like he, he's a special, a special case for sure. But yeah, I think like I've always made a point to record myself mostly, especially in live settings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll listen back and like, you know, figure out like, oh, that didn't really sound that good. It sounded good at the time, maybe. Right. Yeah. Uh, in hindsight, maybe not so much. Or just like things I might do differently, change up or. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that helps, uh, you know, polish your, your, your live flow a bit and be more confident with like, you know, recording yourself at home as well. Cause I don't know even when i was younger like recording a mix was like as soon as you press that record button like there's something in your head that just kind of like 
you get like more nervous and you're like, Oh, I, I can't, can't mess up. Or so you take less risks and you know, maybe it doesn't sound as good as like when you just like kind of don't give a shit, just go for it. I know. It's so funny. It's the same. It's like when someone has a camera on you, like you can't yeah. talk normal anymore. <laughs> it's like it there just was, changes. There was a three style I did. Um, I think it was the second one I did when I was still living on the East Coast. And it was when they were still doing like all like the mini qualifiers. Like I think you went through like four qualifiers total before you reached the national final. I don't know yeah. if they did that in the States as much, but... Um, so at that one, um, before the night had kind of opened for like people to come in, they were like, Hey, like, do any of you guys just want to play before, before like the thing kicks off? And I was like, Oh yeah, I'll play. I played. So I played for like an hour and then, you know, did that and it was super fun. And then yeah. did the set and blah, blah, blah. And then like had a couple people tell me like, man, like, I don't know what it was, but like, I think like you just like messing around at the start was like way more fun than your actual set. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, I mean, I kind of know what you mean. Cause like, I was just so stressed out for that little 15 minute segment and I had way more fun in the first like little, you know, you know, just DJ. I know. <laughs> yeah. There's something, it's crazy, right? It's that magic X factor thing of DJing yeah. where as long as you got a nice little tight organized crate. Uh, of stuff you know you want to play that you like and you yeah. you've been practicing djing in your life you know then you're gonna you might have way more fun yeah. and way more electric and magic in that set than the super yeah. planned out like going from this to this to this scientifically yeah, yeah. you know type of thing i think it's just like i think maybe it's almost like a like a subconscious feeling of like you're kind of locked into this lane and yeah part of djing is reading the room and if you're in your lane and you're, you know, you're looking around and some people aren't into it, you're in your lane. So that you've picked for that 15 minutes. So if it's not working, like, what do you do? Right. I Unless know. you just want to like change your set right there. But like, I don't know, maybe that's what I should have done at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all, it's all learning experience. Um, but I know, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Those are, those are some good examples. Um, well, I asked um, on the internet, the good old internet, uh, uh, if people had questions for you, and um, I got some questions from people. Uh, do you are you willing to answer some of them? Yes. Okay. Almost okay, all of them. Okay, almost all of them. Let's see. You can turn some down. Um, some of them are just nice comments to you too. People didn't do the question, but let's see. Um, Vic Damone, I don't know if you know him, but I've met him through mm -hmm. the Twitch world. He makes some really yep. dope edits himself and, uh, yep. has a dope stream. He says, oh, people are trying to get your secrets here. So you can, uh, <laughs> now he said, what tools, the, <laughs> what tools does he use? in his DAW to make his DIY acapellas so yeah. damn good, LOL. <laughs> That's the only question I don't want to answer. <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> Vic Damone, uh, I think you're going to get... <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, we, we can't give that up. So, let's see. Freesy Freesy none, says... None of, it, none, uh, of it, none of it's secret. It's just I found my way to do it, and the the way I look 
I mean, I might be like an asshole for saying this, but the way I kind of look at it sometimes is like everybody has access to almost everything right now. And I, I need some things that are like, you know, that give me a little bit of an upper hand in making the things I'm trying to make here. So, um, right. You know, it's, you know, I'm, I'll take a little bit of a, a little bit of the selfish card here, but you know, I'm just trying to, and they, I won't lie. They take a long time, some of them to do. So it's just like, I'm busting my ass to make these things and, and I'm trying to make them sound really good as best as I can. Um, cause there's a lot of manual, uh, dog work that goes into it. It's not, I'm not just like right. throwing it into an AI thing and, and you know, one in and out kind of thing. So yeah, no, you know. you you really scientifically dial it in and make it sound really good. I mean, some of some of them sound perfect. Like I'm like, is that a studio acapella or not? Um, so that's the only so that, that's the only one I, I pass on. <laughs> it's called do your own research, Vic. Even though we love you, um, no, and everybody else that is probably asked in here. Um, all right, freezy, freezy. Why are his edits mixed so tight? I don't know if that's a real question or. What, Freezy's but. in my Discord a bunch, and he makes some really good stuff. Nice. F-R-E-E-S-I. Yes. Yes. Freezy, um, Freezy. But, but mixing has always been, like, one of my favorite things to do in terms of, you know, producing. I think maybe right. just because, like, I'm not amazing at writing, so I think I, I've kind of zoned into that area instead. Um, and... uh like I don't know if this is the exact correlation with it but I've always kind of um thought of it as like a a bit of a relation to like a puzzle or like math related I really liked math yeah. when I was in school and right so it's kind of like piecing you know you're not piecing together like physical things but you know you're putting together audio in like a puzzle kind of way and there's yeah. there's no there's no you know there's no set rule on how you do it um, so I'm just kind of doing it the best way I know how, but it's also like, I find it really fun. I enjoy the process. I know a lot of people don't like mixing songs down. Um, but I think it helps that I've been using Ableton for a long time and I, you know, there's a lot of tools that I've learned along the way. And so I, I just, I've put a lot of hours into reading about it and practicing and stuff. So, right. No, it's fun for you, and it shows. Um, yeah, there was a point where I, I was like, I was like, maybe like that's a a career option, but you know, things have kind of shifted in a different way. So I've just, you know, I'm just applying yeah. it to what I'm trying to get done. Right. Totally. Um, all right. Let's see. DJ Perform, shout to you, DJ Perform. He says, "Are you going to be traveling to the Northeast anytime soon? If so, where?" East. Ooh. Are you going north? I mean, once, east once our way. border opens up, like, I mean, I'm kind of open to going anywhere again. Um, right. But the, the, the U.S. border has been closed off both ways for pretty much a year now, I think. That's so, crazy. At this point, like, uh, can't they just open it back up? <laughs> What's happening? I feel like we're close. Like, yeah, I, me I, too. I think by like July, I think, I don't right. know if it'll be open 100%, but I think make for it the easier. Most part. 
yeah like reading the news every day i've i see like more and more like it's talked about like that it the u.s and canada want to make it happen so as soon as that yeah. happens like i'm back on getting my visa and you know making these things happen again so Dope. whenever that happens but for now all right can't wait no dice um way funky i see him on twitch all the time great dude he yep. says why are you so good at making edits and remixes sheesh <laughs> All right, I think that's just a compliment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if you listen to this episode, you'll really understand why he's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Kaz, Miami represent. He asks, yeah. what's your favorite edit? I assume favorite edit that you've ever made or maybe that he's made. I don't know. <laughs> My favorite edit. Oh, Jesus. Do you have I mean, if you're talking like oh. How many have you made? I mean, like 10,000 at this point. Uh, I think I did... I mean, some, a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot. There's some that like, I don't keep, so I, right. I can't give the exact number, but I think I checked like a couple weeks ago and I think I have like a couple thousand in there. Oh, it has to be a couple thousand. I searched Nick bike yeah. in my Serato and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like scrolling <laughs> down forever. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of stuff that's like just not relevant anymore or, you know, right. That I would never play again type thing. Um, I know. But so favorite or no? Like, hard to choose. I mean, if if I looked in my Serato, they would definitely just be like, like tasteful blend things that other people have done that like just work so well. Like there's one I have that people ask me about all the time. Um, it's, uh, I forget what beat it was under but it's an edit of uh a blend with aretha franklin's respect and it's over it's over like some kind of like mid-2000s like hip-hop instrumental yeah but it's in like a very uh like tasteful party-friendly mood and like it puts a completely different twist on respect yeah Uh, Dope. And people ask me about it all the time. And it's by uh, DJ Swift. He's from Winnipeg in Manitoba. Um, but, you know, you're going to have to hit him up to, to get it because, you know. It's, that it's, sounds he, dope. He just shared it with me, so I can't give that right. up. But that's, like, if, if I look in Serato, that's definitely the number one played thing in my party crate, so. Nice. That looks. That sounds good for my gig tonight. Actually, gotta <laughs> search that out. Um, that's dope. All right, DJ Swift. Um, let's see. Okay, we got um, S Worth Music. Uh, does Nick upload an Ableton custom template when working on edits? So dope. Mm. Um, no. I've tried many times to set up like, you know, a, a template that I can just open up and be like, okay, I've got everything set up and I can just start going to town. But I found that so many things start different ways and it's a combo of that and just forgetting to load those templates. Yeah. So like there's certain things, like I have, um, there's certain plugin presets that I save and um, there's certain chains of like effects that i've saved um that i can just drop in again because i've 
I remember where, how I've used them in the past. So that saves me a bunch of time. But in terms of like opening a template and like, you know, this drum rack is set up with these sounds in it and I've got, you know, these four bus channels already set up with the right return effects and I've tried to do it and it doesn't work. Um, but to a certain degree, I do have like my own little presets made that save me some time. Right. So sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of, but no, no special template. Um, all right. DJ wingman one, he says no one comes close to as much quality as, uh, you put in your Patreon. Um, how do you know what to put out? Hmm. I kind of don't. Like, I've just kind of. So that's the, that's the thing about the subscription is that I feel like if you're in there, you kind of trust the process, kind of. Yeah. So, um, I mean, in the Discord, I've like I have like feedback and re- request channels um right so i you know i tend to those for sure and that's a big help to see where certain people are at especially now like it's kind of hard to tell like it was hard to tell for a bit like who was djing really and um it like if people were djing it was likely like lounge settings or things that didn't involve dance floors so i feel like there was more flexibility on you know making weird edits or remixes of stuff that yeah. you know, you're not going to typically play. Um, but for the most part, I, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what everybody wants. <laughs> don't yeah. think I ever will. Right. But I, I always ask like from time to time, like, Hey, like do you guys want anything different or. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, Just kind of read the but, room of the, the subscribers. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, that's the upside to building the community part is that you right. know, get that feedback. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right. Hijack the disco. What software do you use for your edits? Um, I assume that's been answered in here, but if you got any other, I've thing. been on, I've been on Ableton live since 2000 and I think eight was the first time I acquired it. Wow. So a long time. Yeah, and um, I was Ableton. I used I used the intro version of Ableton for about five years. So there's oh, wow. the light. There, there's Ableton Light that comes with like most like you, like you'll buy a MIDI controller and it comes with yeah. light, and uh, you can do like a very limited amount of things with it. Intro I think costs about a hundred bucks, and then but there's a lot of like you get a lot of sounds with it and everything, but you're limited. Um. Like, I think you can only have eight effects per session. Hmm. Um, and you can't, you don't have access to the complex warp algorithm. Oh, crazy. Yeah. So, and there, so there's a bunch of little limitations like that. Right. So if you're just doing like cut and paste type stuff, you can, you know, it's perfect because it's only a hundred bucks. It's, looks and feels exactly like you know the full version of ableton or the sweet version Um, right you can get to know it it. yeah and there's um there's a lot of like effects and and uh tools missing but at the same time like uh it's less of a distraction because like the first time you open up ableton if you don't know if you haven't used a, uh, a daw before like 
it's like, oh my God, like where the fuck do I begin? <laughs> but when you have intro, there's like just that much less to deal with. Like you don't have to worry about like the, the sampler tools or um, like some of the effects are missing. Um, it's just more stripped down and, and I, yeah, so I used that for like five years and then you just kind of like you grow out of it. Cause you, yeah. you realize you're trying to do more and you're just like, okay, I, I need access to these certain tools to make things sound better. Like if you're doing certain, certain time stretching or warping that, um, you, you need that complex warp algorithm to make it sound okay. And sometimes like, you know, the, the other settings just don't cut it. So that's when that's like, just like one sign that you need to start thinking about an upgrade or, you know, if you're, right. if you're trying to produce a song, like sometimes eight effects won't cut it depending yeah. on what you're trying to get at. So right. not using, not having as access to as many um, effects like that taught me about using, you know, buses and return channels because you can pipe similar pipe oh, sounds that you're trying to use the same effects through and you can save uh, not only computer power, but also, you know, you limit the amount of effects and, so right, just, you know, less is can definitely be more, and it can teach you a bunch of things until you like, you know, you learn the basics, and then you realize like, okay, okay, I'm ready to upgrade and jump into some new stuff. Yeah, sometimes it's good to have less options at first, you know, so you can learn things and not be mm-hmm. bogged down by too many, too many options or too many buttons and things to be able to use. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's see, we got two more, and they're coming from. Adam W. with two very thoughtful <laughs> questions. Uh, of course. His first one was, how has fatherhood changed your relationship with approach to music, uh, oh, with your approach to music, producing, and DJing? I don't know if it's really changed my approach. Yeah. I, no, has it changed? I, I mean, yeah, you're only six weeks in, but uh, has, is there anything you've noticed, I guess we'll... Go to that, and then if not, we'll I mean, go to the it, next one. It kind kind of goes back to like that unique situation that I'm in right now, where like, yeah, um, I've kind of put myself in that position where I I'm required to set aside time to do this. So yeah, um, you know, my mind's always still on it, and I'm still putting in that kind of time to do it because, like, you know, I could be at an office forty hours a week still when I'm when I'm instead of doing this. So it's kind of no different. It's just different. Yeah. It's just different in its own little way. Totally. I guess some days it's, it's tougher when you don't, when you're not feeling it. Yeah. Like you have those days when you're not in a creative kind of mode and it's different than, you know, going to an office and like you're there still making your, your, your check. But you know, if you're not feeling it, if I'm not feeling it one day and things aren't getting done, then, you know, I'm not, not doing a good job of, of what I need to do. So it's right. Different in that sense, I guess. But yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. And then how do you balance or what are your thoughts on quantity versus quality? I think it just depends, um, what, you're making and what the purpose is and you know what the overall task at hand is like right like my friend pat lock 
is pumping out remixes and originals like it's nothing. Um, yeah. But it's all high quality, and I know he's like he's good at what he does. Like we were roommates for two years, and I saw like like he's incredible. And he knows how to write really well, and he's like classically trained on the piano and. And he's right. been using Ableton forever and he knows all of that stuff. And like, like if you can, you can write music and you know how to do the technical stuff, like, like he, he's doing official, a lot of official remixes and originals now. So those things take time to come out anyway. So, yeah. you know, you've like, like the, the remix me and Adam did for the small town thing, uh, like that was done, I think, back in January. Wow! And it just so came like out five months uh, later. Yeah, yeah. So I get yeah. Again, it depends on like you know where things are coming out and who's putting them out. And uh, but I think if you if you're like into it and you know if you're everything you're making you like and stuff like I've never been a fan of holding on to stuff because right. Um, Usually when, like I've made a lot of stuff that I don't put out just because like I don't think they meet like a certain standard, but like when I'm making it, I'm in a certain headspace and it's fitting something, um, some way that I'm feeling or something I've heard recently or whatever. There's some sort of context in that time within, you know, maybe the last week or day or two weeks, whatever. And, you know, I feel like sometimes if you sit on things for like, you know, three months, four months, a year or whatever, it can completely lose its context and feeling and emotion. Not saying that's always how it is, but um, there's definitely some things I've like put aside that I just don't feel the same way about anymore. So those sessions just kind of die off. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, you just kind of, what, whatever you're into, you can just balance it and decide if you want to keep pumping stuff out and all that. Yeah. And, um, and the other part is that like, yeah. you know, that you might think that, you know, I don't want to put this out cause it, there's, it's kind of a two part thing, I think, where like, you know, that it's not up to a certain quality that you want it to be, or it could be a combination or solely that. Um, you just don't know all the right tools you need right now. But at the same time, you you know the the OGs and the legends. I'm sure they're learning new stuff about all kinds of things uh, every day or every week or every month. So, like, yeah, how long how long are you gonna wait to comp- compile all that knowledge to finish something? Right. Um, at- Nothing's ever gonna be perfect. Yeah, like I don't know where I've heard it before, but like it's not your the song's not done. It's just good enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you could work. There's an infinite amount of time you could work on it. Yeah. You have to just yeah. make a decision and be done. And you're always going to go back and listen. And go, whoa, what was I doing five years ago? You know, yeah. and then listen and then hear what you're just doing like, today. Picture it. I I see it as like a certain session as like a snapshot in time of like where I was and like I don't expect to you know, be writing the same kind of or yeah. making the same kind of stuff that like Pat might be or whatever. So, um, right. Setting certain, certain expectations of myself and trying to do the best I can, obviously. But, um, you know, sometimes you just have to go for it 
Right. And it's kind of like, like the, like, you know, the red bone at it. Like you don't know who's going to like really like something. Yeah, exactly. Just put it out there. Yep. That's great. Well, you've told us so much. Um, I think people have learned a lot about you and your process and all the stuff you've, you've had going on, how you got here. Um, before we get out of here, do you have any advice for DJs or producers or people that want to make edits or anyone out there um, that we weren't able to get across earlier in the episodes? Any advice for people out there listening? Hmm. I think maybe one of the things that holds me back from time to time is um, I don't really know how to do give it a word but it's kind of like almost like a a scared to fail feeling like Mm -hmm. like i have um i'll have like ideas in my head for like you know whether like remixing a song or um usually it's it comes down to like okay i need to program some chords or or write something so it it's like a, it's a bit of a daunting task to me because I know it's going to take some time for me to figure it out. And in my head, yeah. I'm just like, ugh, like, but once you dive in and, you know, I enjoy doing it, it just, it takes me a bit of time. But when you, when you first start to dive in and then you get going, then, you know, it, it's not that bad. It's just like, right. you got to, you got to jump in, you got to open Ableton, you just got to get in there and, you know, start doing it. I think that's, that's like a a thing that can hold people back sometimes is just like that, you know, and you're not even like really failing. It's just um, like you're not in front of a crowd, you know, but I've had yeah. those times where like, you know, you try to do, you, I try to get something done that I have in my head that I'm trying to put from my brain down to Ableton paper, but it doesn't work out. So I think it's those like those experiences that kind of like, like, oh, like. I know that feeling of it being like, you know, you've worked on something for like three hours and it's just like, I, I don't like this at all. Like, <laughs> right. So just, get, so just getting past that little hill of, of, and it's not even like it's going to happen. It's just like, it's a small possibility that it might happen, but like, who cares? Like you probably learn something in the meantime, whatever it is. So it's just like, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. See Nick bike. <laughs> You you use the Nike symbol sometimes oh, for your God. thing, and you say just do it as your advice. But no, I think that's true. I mean, you're the only one holding yourself back. It's you know you can self sabotage yourself. It's really you versus you, and your own brain is going to be the one to put this quote unquote perfectionism or perfectionist, which is just fear being masqueraded by it has to be perfect or I don't know enough or people won't like it. But it's really like you said, a fear of what people might think or what you might not be able to accomplish or something like that. And it's more worth it to just jump in and do it. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's great yeah. advice. Especially like, I think maybe the pandemic might've amplified that kind of thing where it's like, like yeah. you have to start, you have to make those choices for you. Um, and you know, I don't know. It's just, you, you I've learned a lot to not let what other people think bother me a lot. That's great. So, you need about that. a lot of things. <laughs> right. Like, um, I've 
come to terms and with the most part that I, you know, I can't please everybody no matter what it is that I do. Yeah. Like almost anything. So, you know, if people got a problem with it, I haven't had too many people tell me they have a problem with anything. So until you got a problem with it and you tell me about it, I'm just going to keep doing whatever. Yeah, I agree. No, it's true. You can't get bogged down and caught up in what other people think or, and like you said, everybody has their own issues, their own opinions and thoughts and visions and the way they hear and see things. So you got to just keep doing your thing and trust your gut. Yeah, I think so. Dope. Well, thank you. Thank you for the words of wisdom and all the, you know, stories and info and stuff you've blessed us with today on the show. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing all that stuff and taking your time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah thank you. We will. I'll Glad see. We hopefully we can hang again in Toronto film yeah. festival or somewhere, <laughs> somewhere on planet earth, uh, apart from being virtual, but I will, yeah. I'll continue to, check out all your stuff and your mixes and your streams and um can everybody uh where can everyone check you out i know you've got patreon is the big thing your website twitch instagram twitter soundcloud yeah. mixcloud um is it all just dj nick bike everything is that yeah all right dj nick bike definitely yep. go check out the new remix uh with bootsy collins small town djs him and adam w did and his Patreon is absolutely unbelievable. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Great catching up and catching up with you and good seeing you. Yeah, Spider. Thank you again for having me. Appreciate for it. For sure. Anytime, man. All right. See you soon. Peace. Yeah. All right. That was so much fun catching up with my man, Nick Bike. Thank you for coming on the show, sharing all that knowledge and all your experience and stories and everything you've learned and brought to the game and uh, sharing it with us. Even though you wouldn't tell us your secret plugins for making those acapellas, we still respect you, man. <laughs> um, thank you guys for tuning in week after week. Hit me if there's anything I can help you with, uh, topics that you want me to talk about on the show, guests you want me to have on, hit me up at DJ Spider on Instagram, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. This show is produced by BeatSource, and we will see you next week. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.